Are you an advertiser that loves listening to this podcast? Did you know that your brand's message could be heard right here? And even better than that, it could be read by the podcaster themselves? Well, ACAST can make it happen. Find out more by visiting acast.com slash advertising. That's A-C-A-S-T dot com forward slash advertising. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, September 24th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, Jamie Ivey. She's back. Hey, guys. I'm back. Missed you. And we missed you, too. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Yoski. Jamie, welcome back. Uh, why, Why were you gone? Well, this does, it's not as fun as it sounds. I was in Dallas and I have a book coming out in a couple of weeks. And so I was doing some press. So oh. it feels like I picked them over you guys, which is not true. It just, I couldn't oh, get no. out of it. I'm now offended. <laughs> Who was this? Who was this quote unquote press you speak of? Because last time I checked, Jamie, this is going out to quite a few people here. This is my um, favorite press. This is the only mm. press that I am want to say yes to every single week of my entire life. What is the book, though? Tell us about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, would you like me to? It's called God Made You to Be You. It's a kid's book, guys. Oh, awesome. Interesting. Interesting. I know. So I have a kid's book coming out October 5th, and I'm so excited about it. That's I, amazing. It's my first kid's book, and it's so fun. Jamie, I've I've had so many questions about children's books for a very long time. Because <laughs> well, I'm now an expert. Okay, so help me out here. It's chicken or egg thing. What what comes first? Like, did, did you meet up with someone who's like an illustrator who's like, hey, I got these pictures. Maybe you can come up with a narrative. Or are you like, hey, I got a great idea for a story to tell kids. I need to find some. I'm always confounded question, about how Jesse. this process works. Yeah. Well, I had the idea because it's it stemmed off of a book I wrote last year for adults. And so I took it to a publisher. We fleshed it all out. And then they send you just web pages full of illustrators and you just pick who you like and then you work oh, with them. It was so fun. That's dope. It was that's really dope. fun. So did you know, like, you know, I don't want to give away the book, but um, what what you held up. It's like 50 up, words. Uh, and, and, Listen, it's not and, that hard and, to give away. And, and if people, if people see, and I'm, so I'm assuming you don't get paid by word count here. That's probably no, good. No, no. Um, <laughs> I got, yeah. The title gives away the whole thing. God made you to be you. Done. I see you, I see where you're going, Jesse. <laughs> no, but, but no, here's my question. So you held up I the book and on going. the cover, if people see this in the store it, it did it show it was a cactus right is yes. that a, a cacti that's the main character he's, he's your main character okay here's what my question is his name prickly pete his name is sammy <laughs> oh. sammy okay jamie do, was it always about a cactus or when you found the illustrator you're like you know what i'm gonna pivot from being a porcupine to a, a cactus just because this person got more cactus vibes like how did that it was work always a cactus it's always okay. been a cactus cactus was always on my brain <laughs> yeah. And I had picked this illustrator because he did uh, animals so well and I liked his style. So see, now we have Got Sammy it. the Cactus. Listen, I just think I found the best finesse in the world. Look, mm-hmm. all right, you don't get paid by word count, no. right? And then you got an illustrator that has to illustrate the whole thing. Why don't you just put one sentence per page and let Done. him just illustrate the whole thing? 
I mean, that's kind of what that's it's a what board it book. This is for ages two to six. I mean, literally, oh, wow. there. You know, this one page has one sentence. That's what we're working with here. Yes, Jamie, my joint would be where it would be. What it'd be one word. It would be apple, and then the guy would have to make thirty apples, and then it's like R. <laughs> it will have to. I don't know. That's like half Good. the books my kids read. Done. It was like yes. it was like <laughs> soft, and it was like it wasn't even an illustration. It was just a page made of fabric, and it was and like you touch it and feel it. Like a page yes. made of sandpaper. I'm like, well, who's getting credit for this? That's what because I'm saying. That is the game. This doesn't seem like anyone wrote it. You know, was the, the person at the fabric at the craft store at Michaels <laughs> at Hobby Lobby? Are they getting credit for finding the right textures? Not gonna lie, I'm about to go and ask my kids a question and then take and then their question and make a book out of it. Go for it, Derek. Well, I think, I think it's awesome, do. Jamie. And I can't well, wait thanks, to read guys. it and read it to, to my children as well. And, uh, very I'll excited. I'll send y'all all once you can see Sammy the cactus. His kids are Please. 18 and 21. <laughs> yeah, They'll they, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to read it myself. Fans. Cause I like pictures, so I'll send it to you, Derek. Please send it to it. me, cause I, I, I want to look at the pictures. That's my favorite. Okay, way when to we read. get done recording, I'm going to send all of you guys a book. Jamie, awesome. when does when does it hit shelves for people? October or 5th. Amazon. October Tuesday, 5th. October fifth. October fifth, Tuesday. I have realized mm-hmm. I am, I'm enjoying this because I realized we have this cast prolific creators, and you guys are always putting stuff out, and then we come on here and we just like fart around for an hour, and and, and you guys don't tell our listeners what you're doing. Like, so I'm glad you're able to tell people about your new book. Derek just put an album out two weeks ago. I played one of the songs in, in, in the break, but Derek didn't even mention it's a great album. He didn't even mention it. So Listen, Derek, we're here for the people, uh, not for I'm, us. Cameron. We're here for the people, but sorry. the people care. They like you and they want to know <laughs> when you're releasing things. So Derek, I'm I, out of you I, still. I'm, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. You said that last time and then you did it with this one too. I had to reach out to you asking for the track. You didn't, you didn't even let me know that you had a new album coming out. That's great. So too, that's by the way. just to let all of my people are relevant know that I am not here. I wasn't trying to use you guys. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to know I'm on this podcast every day. I don't care about the platform. It's just that I love well, my brothers and sisters. Dude. Well, but, but people want to know. Too. I've been busy too. And I'd like people to know that I've invested in a legging business and a oil business. And I'm looking for downliners Wait, right essential now. Essential oils, so, not oil. It like, no, 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 no not, oil, not crude oil. Not oil, crude, not, crude and it's oil. Actually not, it's actually not essential oils. This is a, kind of an upstart kind of pyramid thing that I, you know, guy Target introduced <laughs> They're not to. essential for us? <laughs> They're not essential oils? Not essential straight up oils. that you don't need these. This is a want, not not a not a need to have situation. Um, and uh, quite rashy after I got them and some allergies are flaring up. But I'm sure that'll settle out. They're not essential. So worst case scenario, just dump them down the drain. But uh, in, in quite a bit of a hole on this one, so I'd appreciate some listener help. So that's what I got going. Congratulations on the album and the book. But You know, uh, Jesse, if you actually did get into downstream pyramid stuff, this would be a great platform. You would immediately have your team built out. You'd have I hundreds of people. I think it would be amazing, people. Jesse. 
Well, I think I think a lot of people would join my downstream even if they knew they were going to lose money for a joke. Like, hey, listen, I know I lost like 200 bucks, but listen how funny this is. It's non-essential oils, and they actually are pretty bad for you. And are, they, they unleash toxins into your house is what they do. So They give you toxins. So it's, it's po- you're selling poison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's non-essential. Non-essential oils. That's how we're framing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that LuLaRoe documentary? I think it's on Amazon Prime. I just heard about right it now. and I haven't watched it. No. I watched it and it, it was yeah, interesting because it, it, no, no, Lula it's LuLaRoe leggings. I have a friend who used to sell their clothes. Yeah. I'm familiar with and them. And so they blew up in like 2016, 17 mm-hmm. and, and they're these gaudy leggings. That's what they sell and, and some other oversized shirts and stuff. And they, uh-huh. there's a documentary that kind of like talked about the rise and fall of it because what's what's interesting is that it exploded when it was doing like the MLM pyramid mm-hmm. emphasis and then they realized because they were getting sued and stuff like that like we need to pivot away from that mm-hmm. model and make it about selling leggings and not signing mm-hmm. up other vendors or whatever other people in your downstream and so right. they tried to pivot it and not be a pyramid scheme and, and mm-hmm. try to run away from the lawsuits that way. And the documentary talks about all that. But but seeing the footage of the heyday and like the rallies and the conferences that they would have. Oh, and yeah. it's like all these like, I mean, essentially it was all stay at home moms. And then eventually like the husband would come in and work with the most successful ones. And it became the family focus. And it was just like, it was like a cult. It literally was a cult. I mean, and, and, and Listen, people who were involved called it that, you know. I'm not going to lie. I had some of those leggings. They're they're like butter. They're so soft, but you know mm. they've got crazy prints. You're right. They're crazy. You got to get a good one. But I know why people were buying them. I, I was like, that's the best thing. Oh, so it was on a your good body. product. It wasn't just well. The, I don't the know about it was a good product. I'm saying they're just really soft. And my friend sold them, and they're soft. You, years ago, I yeah, I helped work on a piece that we actually yeah, ran. I, I, uh, I, well, it was yeah. in the heyday of LuLaRoe, and I was thinking about the piece you wrote as I was watching it because I was going, wait, Jesse wrote this right when the leggings thing was at its apex. And I, I'm wondering if you were even talking about LuLaRoe, were you? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I, so that story, you know, it, by the way, there's another really great long form serialized podcast called The Dream. Season one does a deep dive and talks, you know, about Ooh, LuLaRoe uh, specifically. If you guys want to do the are... MLM rabbit hole. <laughs> Derek but, is uh, learning about white, white women leggings right now. He's, <laughs> he's not impressed. I've <laughs> seen these before and I've They're never crazy. liked them. Yeah, they're soft. They're I'll soft like, to the touch. Is they're soft to the a, touch. Why does her leg have a galaxy on it? Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> or like a bunch of hearts, or there's probably Halloween theme coming up. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, well, well th- th- this might get me in trouble, but I don't really care because I, I do feel like I've this done due is diligence. Be it. Well, I, I do feel like this is a topic I did due diligence on. If really Marvel kinda... had a pumpkin spice superhero, this would be their outfit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, like, I'm sorry. I, I, I really did do, I feel like due diligence on this topic and talk to a lot of people. And it's funny, I actually, with the permission of moderators, joined some uh, very large MLM Facebook groups. A lot of them are for like survivors of MLM because I can't speak to every MLM company, but I do think that the business model at its core um, in most scenarios is extremely predatory and borderlining or organized crime. It really right. is borderlining because it preys on people with the false promises of financial prosperity 
when in reality it causes a lot of people to go uh you know if not in debt to spend beyond their resources with the promises of a return that will never come because mathematically the model will not work it does not scale like it is a it is a problem of scale that at some point the downlines run out of resources like mathematically you know this is an observable fact and People are deceived into believing that they're getting in at the right time and that, you know, if they get enough people signed up under them, then they are going to do the work for them. It does not work like that. And and most of the people, the overwhelming majority of the people who get involved in those uh, end up losing money and losing friends. And well, so why would you lose friends? Well, because you that's your customer base is you have to sell to all your friends. And so now and you're always I'm asking reaching out to you on things. Facebook. I'm doing. Yeah. And the, uh, the interesting thing about LuLaRoe uh, is to okay. sign up to be a seller. You have to buy right. your inventory, which was between five and ten thousand dollars up front. And then it's sitting in your garage. Now you got to go sell it. So that's why you've got to go and hit up all your oh, friends. No. Everybody you know, oh, no. but here's oh, the deal. No. How do you come up with five or ten thousand dollars? So. They showed in this documentary, like they suggested creative ways, like using your credit cards or selling your breast milk or selling your breast milk. We're one step away from, from, from this being legitimate organized crime. That is what preying in the on world? vulnerable That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. And so these Cameron, poor women. you lying to me. They dude. did not tell these poor women to do there this. Is, you can sell your breast milk and it is needed for people who can't nurse their babies. So there's that. But but like they literally yes, but, will like go into enormous debt with the dream of success. And then, you know, like Jesse said, 99% don't. And then they're left, they're left in financial ruin. And so it's okay, like, it's, it I was do really want to say, I feel like, I feel like I need to like say this is that, um, I don't want to talk about it or say, but I have done this before and it is, it doesn't work out well. Like I have had yeah. friends of like, come do this with me. And so I've said yes and sign up and given the money and I'll, not LuLaRoe. And it doesn't work out well for most yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's funny because you, when I you think about what home mom and she's like, Hey, you can do this with me. Do you sell knives? When, when you think about what they, when you think about what they're selling. Amway. Yeah. I did Amway as well. Um, now Is that the same thing? Yeah. Amway it's the same is thing. MLM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what I can't say about Amway what I for me it helped because the idea of delaying self gratification, like the whole pitch on the front end, makes a lot of sense. But that's just basic financial knowledge. Yeah. But the idea that you can, um, you know, just sit back and people are going to sell all these products for you, and that's going to be you in the next six months. That's crazy. But I thought about this: what you were talking about. You're like, okay, most people that are doing these, this is they're trying to increase their wealth. So mm-hmm. you're telling them in order to pay for the inventory, not only to work a job, you got to get another job to fund mm-hmm. the job. That's mm-hmm. you, like, it doesn't make sense at all. It's really it, very, it feels predatory. It feels a little well, predatory ish, you know? Well, it's the same thing with any, any sort of new innovation or like business model that promises almost instantaneous wealth. Like maybe the yeah. model itself isn't yeah. insidious, but when it gets appropriated, I mean, it's, you see a lot of people fall into this with like what's happening in different, like kind of cryptocurrency markets where I'm not saying there's something fundamentally wrong with the concept of cryptocurrency, but there is something fundamentally lo- wrong about telling people, 
or convincing people to invest heavily with the promise of an instant massive return. Right. Anytime that is a huge red flag, right? Yeah. Like the, the passive income and investing, that's great, but there is no such thing for, of like, if you want to, you might as well be playing the lottery, right? Like yeah. seriously, mm-hmm. uh, if you're just going to dump a bunch of money, because a lot of people who are investing in, in cryptocurrency don't even understand the ba- they don't even understand the basic fundamentals of blockchain or yeah. the technology that drives what they're dumping their life savings in, because they're just hoping that the Reddit thread they read was right and yeah. mm-hmm. not and not realizing that's probably just a, an elaborate pump and dump scheme to get exactly. people to invest so exactly. that the price can get inflated. And the, are you back and to the, selling breast milk again? Talking oh, about pump and dump? I was going to make that joke, Cameron. That was good. <laughs> but I do want to say, I saw that Tyler just saw it signed on on our screen. I know, Cameron, you haven't introduced him, but I do want to let Tyler know about an exciting investment into non-essential oils. Now, <laughs> they smell terrible and uh, I give you slowly... A I'm slowly going colorblind in one eye, but <laughs> just one eye. This, it's only one. And I've been mixing them liberally in a vat, and I'm selling my own blend. And, oh, your uh, own blend? It's a custom yeah. blend. I think wow. in the worst case scenario, it's a pesticide because there haven't been any bugs near my house lately, and that that also is a red flag. So a lot of uses for this. I think it's a very valuable thing. And I need five hundred dollars <laughs> desperately. <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to I don't know, just an Oscar-nominated director producer, Ted Melfi. It's coming up. You probably know him from uh, Hidden Figures, uh, Saint Vincent, other great films. He has a new film coming out today called The Starling, which stars Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd. Um, it's fantastic, and getting a lot of buzz, and he talks to us about it. Coming up later on the show. Pretty cool. At the uh, end of the show, we have a very special, what's Jesse thinking? And I think it might be, there might be an opportunity at the end of it for you to sign up for. There's going to be a pretty compelling call to action here. Um, and like I said, I cannot emphasize enough how critical is I get $500 in the next hour. It is, Dude, uh, do I have time to talk to Aaron about this or do you need my money now? Unfortunately, like, should I, should I run it by unfortunately, my uh, no, no, no. That's a bad mistake. Uh, I made that mistake on my timeshare deal. Uh, I got too many spouses involved and uh, a lot of problems. Just, just get, just get the Ask most gullible. For forgiveness later. Right, optimistic right, exactly. person in the relationship. Stop this, Jesse. All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for Relevant News. Many times you hurt me so much Many times you hurt me so much There you go again Putting on your own rodeo again Yeah, you push me out just to flash that smile And last no year Well, I've been here a thousand times I don't want to go again You're listening to Dijon The song is Many Times well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. I know we're all tired of the rising cost of healthcare. That's why we're so happy to share a little bit about WeShare. WeShare is a health sharing program powered by UHSM, a Christian health sharing ministry. Now, health sharing is not insurance. These programs are member-based fellowships where faithful people exercise their right to take charge of their own healthcare. Learn more about how WeShare is restoring faith in healthcare at WeShare.org. That's WeShare. Dot O-R-G. It's an awesome program. Seriously, go check it out. All right, it's time for Relevant News. Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee to tell us what is happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Good to see y'all. Hey, uh, 
Where uh, you look like you are uh, mm-hmm. out hunting Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> he is dressed fully for fall. Where where are you? I know you're not in Nashville. I'm not in. I am in the Pacific Northwest. I'm in Astoria, Washington, mm, which wow. I think is the site best known from the Goonies. This is where the Goonies all oh, went down, yeah. and, and I don't think much has happened here since that time. I think that <laughs> it really that it latched its wagon to the Goonies train has been riding that ever since. Good. But I am I'm out on assignment out here, trying to get the, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee thing was in Nashville this week, and I just wanted to. I couldn't. Yeah, I was going to say, that. did the SBC run you out of Nashville? Is that what happened? <laughs> And they're like, well, for the convention, we got to get Huckabee out here. Let's send him to the town they shot the Goonies in. <laughs> they're afraid of the real questions. I, I don't follow Baptist Twitter very much, but I saw mm-hmm. Russell Moore and Beth Moore talking a few days ago about crying and they're sad about something. What happened with the Baptists this week? I have no idea. Huh. Anyway, never talking he's, about the SBC. He's, he's frozen. Yeah, I think that I think the SBC just hacked the feet. Tyler, what's going on over there? Man? What's, what's, you froze for a second, right when right when you were like, "Well, you would not believe." Let me let me, let me give you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wi Fi is a little shaky out here, so I'll try to make it fast. But yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot happening with the SBC, and I didn't, I wasn't going to make that the relevant news story today. No, that's uh, fine. We don't really cover deep Baptist news. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the SBC, and I would, I would say at a blush none of it's great uh particularly for people who care about justice and and uh and the survivors of abuse and the subsequent oh. cover-up and uh some very some unfortunate decisions were made uh as we're talking we're recording this on wednesday and it was tuesday yesterday that those decisions came down so we'll, we will be covering a little bit of that on the site but we don't need to get into that here today got oh it. my gosh got we, we got too much else going on and actually cameron i usually run these stories by you before i tell you i give you a little i was teaser. i was on the phone when you called me i to called talked you. about relevant news and i was unable to take your your call i'm sorry about that tyler I'm, I'm, cameron was investing in a very exciting new venture um <laughs> and uh cameron listen that yeah. uh, wire transfer we discussed uh-huh. once again i cannot emphasize enough uh the timeline on this thing so wi-fi issues too like tyler but uh it hasn't the venmo hasn't dropped yet so just throw that out there anyway what you got for us <laughs> we can get through this kind of quick but i did want to talk about something that that's pretty important and what we want to do here and this is i know this is a little bit of a the story's been something that we've talked about quite a bit there's been a lot of news coverage about this but i think i and i think you would all probably agree there's been a lot of the wrong kind of news coverage about the story of gabby petito the young mm. woman who went missing in the tetons national park and uh Again, recording this on Wednesday, she was found. It was confirmed to be her uh, in mm-hmm. Tetons on Tuesday. Now, this story has gotten a lot of coverage. It was in the New York Times, and, and that's pretty rare for a missing person. People do go missing in this country with some regularity, but uh, they usually don't get the amount of attention this one has had. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, you've probably seen some people talk about uh, how true crime and the podcasts there happening around true crime have sort of fed mm-hmm. into this idea sort of the gamification of missing persons. Uh, everybody wants to become an amateur detective, sees an opportunity to discuss the this missing case as if it's one of their podcasts that they're chasing after. This story really fits into the true crime narrative. The, the podcast, they really get people excited. A young white woman uh, who was the boyfriend's acting sort of strange. There's a lot of clues that look like clues if you're thinking about this in terms of a reality show or a, a, or a cable news story. 
that make mm-hmm. it sort of uh, engaging to talk about and put together your TikTok list on. But of course, this is a real person and a real tragedy and parents who are really mourning the loss of their daughter. And there's an even bigger context to that. And this is what I really did want to bring today. Uh, a report from Insider found that in the state of Wyoming, where Miss Petito uh, went missing and was presumably killed, uh, 710 indigenous people were reported missing between 2011 and 2020. 710. Uh, obviously, indigenous women get far less media coverage. I had no idea yeah. that this many women had gone missing. Most of these were girls. 85% were, were like kids. and 65 57%. a month or a year. It's, 65 it's, a year. That's like, that's crazy. It's an enormous problem, especially up there in Wyoming and a lot of these reservations. Uh, this has been an epidemic for a long time. But of course, this sort of stuff just does not really feed into the usual narrative we have around what gets us interested in a missing person. So you don't it gets reported in the local news. Uh, and this does end up having an impact. The lack of media coverage does have a real impact on this. Uh, the report found that 50% of missing indigenous people are found within one week, while 21% remain missing for 30 days or longer. In the meantime, only 11% of white people remain missing for that long. Now, you can't say for sure whether or not the media coverage, the extra media coverage that missing white people get leads to that, but it's hard to ignore the possibility connection there. So that's some of the numbers and some of the context that gets missing around these sensationalized, obviously very sad stories about young missing women. But uh, but the problem is much bigger than we tend to think about. And I think, you know, I think a lot, like a lot of people, I've probably developed some conflicted relationship with the true crime genre as it's kind of increased in popularity and prestige, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, it's something I've I've thought about quite a bit, you know, in, you know, working on different projects, you, you know, that have kind of had my finger in over the years um, <clears throat> that you want to as I, I feel like as a as someone who's, you know, worked most of their adult life in journalism, you know, you're always looking for how can I get people interested in a story that can illuminate a bigger issue, right? And a lot of times you'll take the most intriguing or relatable or sort of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like triggering anecdote to be a lead in to the story. And a lot of time that that in- involves not throwing stats and numbers at readers, but showing an, a case of a real human individual that they might be able to relate to. And that kind of, you know, sort of opens this both emotional and intellectual place for them as like an entry point to talk about a bigger conversation. But what I feel like part of the problem is when, and this isn't a bash on any certain person or podcast or anything in particular, but when you have people who are, you know, armchair journalists who, who didn't go not, and then look, not everyone has to go to journalism school to, to do a true crime prod, but it does help because you at least learn sort of the unspoken ethics of what, you know, sort of what the professional standards are. There's always going to be tabloids, but if your impulse is to truly do some sort of investigative approach to a story, that's not going to illuminate, illuminate, the sensational or the salacious for the sake of titillation, but is instead going to use that to get you interested 
in a deeper social issue, that's the right move. But what we've seen with this story and a lot of true crime is the anecdote is the story instead of letting the story be the story. What Tyler mentioned there is the story, is that hundreds and hundreds of indigenous women are going missing in a state in the United States and it's going unreported and it's for reasons we don't fully understand. To get people to wrap their head around that, it makes sense to have an anecdote about a missing woman in that in that state. But if the anecdote becomes the story, then there's no point in in almost even reporting it because at that point it's just tabloid. It's not it's not journalism. And and I and I feel like it's it's kind of a dangerous territory. I've seen a lot of people kind of wading into these days. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really I think that anecdote is is the idea of anecdoting this news instead of drawing to a bigger story is the right way to do it. And it's it, the this report I guess kind of to to sum all this up, um 30% of indigenous homicide victims end up making the news. That's compared to 51% of white victims. So this is a systemic issue that goes much beyond that goes beyond just missing persons to all sorts of crime. So it's something to remember when you see these cases, when you see these stories blow up to think about what the bigger issue is that may go beyond and deeper your own personal experience with it. Yeah. Also, uh, before we wrap this segment, Jesse, I need to just give you a note live on the air. Um, I got called out in staff meeting the other day for a recent podcast where you used, and then I did too, the word titillating way too much. And the, uh, the listeners were not, not thrilled nor was our staff. And they pleaded with me. They pleaded with me to not say titillating anymore. And I said, fine, I won't say titillating. And then you said titillating. So titillating is on another podcast because you said titillating just now. Tyler, you're a professional editor. You, your mind is basically a thesaurus. Give me an effective and clear (laughs) synonym for titillating. Well, you have just said titillating 10 times I know, I know, I know. I did it so Clark couldn't take it out. Hey, I didn't say moist. I didn't say moist. give me, give me, give me a synonym. Give me a synonym. Interesting. Exciting. That doesn't, nope, it doesn't work. There's like, like, I will say this, I will say this. Uh, hey, hey, did you guys watch that episode of the new uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson special? That was interesting. That works. Hey, did you see the new Neil deGrasse Tyson special? It was titillating. Doesn't work, Tyler. Yeah, doesn't. I don't want you being titillated Neil by Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's, That's what I'm, just, I'm telling Tyler. I need a more accurate synonym here. I'm uncomfortable with might I, I'm might just I recommend saying. what is our what is our safe word? The safe word is pickles. <laughs> pickles. Pickles. Stop. Pickles. The, at one point, a couple of shows ago, Derek, you yelled at one point, stop the show, stop the show. And and Clark said, I need to take that sound bite and just play it when y'all start saying titillating too much. And just like, yeah. like we Derek, need to stop the show button. Stopping the show. Stop the show button. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, thanks, Tyler. Uh, there's a lot more that we're covering every day over at Relevant. Follow us on all the socials and check out relevantmagazine.com. Very titillating. It is. It's a great, it's a titillating range of content that we put out every day. Tyler, you know how I am, bro. You know, if I get an opportunity to be mischievous, I'm going to do it. Alright, stay tuned. Up next, director and producer Ted Melfi joins us. listening to James Vincent McMorrow. The song is Planes in the Sky. 
Today's show is also brought to you by the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University's Truett Seminary. The Faith and Sports Institute is a place where Christian leaders in sports are formed and equipped through theological education, practical training, and thoughtful resources. They offer a graduate degree program, continuing education classes, intensive retreats, and more. To learn and grow with the Faith and Sports Institute, visit baylor.edu slash truit slash FSI. I'm going to spell it for you. Baylor, you know how to spell Baylor, dot edu slash truit, T-R-U-E-T-T slash FSI. Think deep, lead strong, and run the race well with the Faith and Sports Institute today. Well, our guest today is director and producer Ted Melfi. He's been behind movies like St. Vincent and Hidden Figures, for which he received an Oscar nomination. His newest film is called The Starling, and it stars Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd. It explores one couple's journey to find hope through their grief. Ted recently sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to discuss how the film represents our collective grief and the importance of telling stories of hope at this point in time. Here's our conversation with director Ted Melfi. How are you sleeping? Terrific. Are you eating okay? Yes. I don't know if they give Michelin stars to mental health facilities, but if they did... How's he doing, really? It's going to take some time. He's been through a lot. And what about you? Oh, I'm fine. It's so right. People have been noticing you're acting so funny. You're distracted. The film is basically about a couple trying to find hope from a tragic situation, which is what the entire planet is going through. The past two years, um, I don't know if you could find anyone who hasn't suffered an extreme loss, uh, sickness, or um, you know, death, uh, or just depression. I mean, you know, the depression, anxiety, suicide, drug use is all through the roof. I mean, those are all facts. And why is that? Because we're we're struggling and we've been suffering for two years and we're, we're looking for one word, hope. We're looking for hope. We're looking for what we need to know as human beings is something on the other side, right? Or what's the point, right? So that's what the movie's about. This couple needs to know something's on the other side. And, and how do you get there? And they get there as we all are going to get there by going through it, not avoiding it, going through it, getting through it, dealing with it, Fighting, laughing, crying, all of the above, until you get to the other side. Are you familiar with stage three of the grieving process? Ah! It's anger. Comes after that. Depression. Great. I can't wait. What is your plan? I just need a minute to figure out what happens next. You've been everything to everyone. I carried her for nine months. So why are you here? What do you think the difference is? And I know you kind of were getting into this, but there's some people when they say hope, they kind of mean like, uh, just kind of like positive. It can be kind of cliched, right? Like just like, well, you know, hopefully fingers crossed things will work out. What do you say is the difference between that and the type of hope that this movie is really leaning into? Well, this is the hope that's actually, um, grounded and real. The other hope is a cliche. You know, people are quick to say, Oh, stuff with hope is, um, stuff with a hopeful message is schmaltzy or emotional and they throw these tags on and, and somehow in cinema hope has become a four-letter word like it's like it's like really kind of weird like cinema has gotten 
cinema in Hollywood and a lot of the programming we're creating has gotten dark and cynical and nasty and sneering, kind of like uh, our news programs, kind of like, kind of like what, uh, kind of like Twitter, right? Um, like, what good is coming out of that? Not a lot, and maybe I would, I would venture to say, close to zero. Um, so this is this is hope that you can actually touch and feel because they show us a way through it by working it. They work through this thing in a real, honest way. They fight, they laugh, they cry, they actually do the work to get through, um, which we need to do as a society. So there's a difference between like hope, like happy ending. Oh, it's just a happy ending. It's not just a happy ending. It was fought for, right? You have to fight for happiness, yeah. right? Yeah. Because because death and tragedy and blah 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 and all the bad stuff just comes with life. That that that's baked in. The moment you're born, it's going to happen. Right? What's not going to happen is happiness <laughs> and kindness, right? And laughter. That stuff's got to be earned and worked on right. and, and given. told me this a long time ago there's a big difference between sentiment and sentimentality <laughs> right and critics and people have have confused the two or, or grouped them together right <laughs> that's all the same god forbid that something works out god forbid something works out really god forbid something works out <laughs> so you're telling me the audience doesn't want uh -huh. things to work out you're telling me you and me at the end of our lives don't want to go have a happy ending and go you know what i did good i worked it worked itself out Right? Mm -hmm. um, is that schmaltzy? Is as good as it gets schmaltzy? Is it's a wonderful life schmaltzy? Uh, it would be considered, it would be lambasted now. Oh, it's schmaltzy. I can't believe they say he didn't die. Yeah. I'm like, what? I can't believe they stayed together. Really? You can't believe they stayed together? Is, is, is life that bad for you that you, that's what you think? Because that's not what I think. It's not about Katie, it's about Jack and you. How do you restart? So you're a shrink, but in a vet form. Well, yes, uh, technically. What do you believe really that with what all you're talking about here, that cinema can have the power to really transform and help us out of this collective grief experience that we're having right now? Art is the way out. Hmm. Art is, art's always been the way out. I mean, we sat around a campfire for hundreds of years telling stories, right? Um, and, and sharing our collective history and sharing our collective wisdom and our collective knowledge. And that's how we actually move forward. We are our stories. What we plant grows. <laughs> like these are just Chauncey Gardner, Chauncey Gardner baseline theories, right? Chauncey Gardner from being there. These are baseline theories. So if we're so, whatever you sow, you will reap. There's another, that's actually biblical, that one. Where you sow, you will reap. We need these films more than ever. We need, oh, we need to see that you can go through something terrible and come out good, better, okay. Not in a, not in a, oh, a uh, hundred degree turn. It's yeah. not unlike, the story's not unlike St. Vincent. At the end of St. Vincent, Bill Murray still walks out of his house, lights a cigarette, and like, he's still the same guy. He's still the same guy, right? Um, in this, Chris O'Donnell, Melissa McCarthy, still the same people. But you just know that 
they're going to kind of work on it and they're going to figure it out. And I think that's so, so paramount and important to what the world's going through. Ted Melfi. Make sure to check out his brand new film starring Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd. It's called The Starling. It's out this week. to St. Panther. The song is Problems. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for... What's Jesse thinking? Huh? Jesse, I assume that you're not still thinking about your misguided non-essential oils business. I'm still thinking about it. It's weighing very heavily on me, uh, but I'm not going to be speaking about it. But uh, I can't emphasize enough. It's a very serious situation about the little hole I've dug myself in. Um, so, you know, there's is that a GoFundMe. Is that how you made it? You dug a hole and then you're like... You, yeah, and weirdly, it? my neighbor's grass died. So I think I got into like the, the water system under, you know... <laughs> It's very bad situation and the city is not happy about the what's happened so no, no you're not essential um, oils <laughs> seeping into the, uh, the water into system. the water the water is in the aquifer it's bad news it's, there's non-essential oils that have corrupted the water table oh it's what's you, happened you, 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 and i've got a sizable fine you, waiting for me i i want to once again uh as a lead-in to what jesse thinking uh uh tell jimmy how appreciative i am for books like your new one that's coming out oh, because it really very few words it, yeah, yes. it really emphasizes. And, and and before I get into it, I, I do want to ask you, you know, when you're writing that book is one of the things like, hey, you want just like the power that something that is just like positive and life giving, you know, to give to children to kind of distract them sometimes from the harsh realities of the world. How much did that play into wanting to produce a book like that? Oh, 100%. I just need them to know that God made them to be them. And so, you know. There's 50 words that, that lead up to that so that they can believe that to be true. Mm. Well, that is so awesome. And that kind of go like I what I've been thinking about today is I read about something in the news that really was super interesting to me and exciting to me. And I was like, man, this should be this should be like the main thing everybody's talking about. But I feel like it kind of got buried and it's arguably one of the the most interesting and like when I when I explain to you guys what this story is, you're gonna be like, man, this sounds like legitimately mind-blowing. But it's kind of flown under the radar for a couple months because I feel like we're distracted by so much one, like non-essential stuff, like just, you know, and that's okay. Like it's fine to just read goofy stuff on the internet. But a lot of it is just like negative mm. stuff. Where 
whether it's like, hey, watch this video or like the, the main story in the country is like, hey, people freak out at school board meetings over masks or whatever it is. It's like I feel right. like people need to be reminded that, hey, maybe the world's actually kind of awesome. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff and a lot of things we need to address, but there's a lot of cool stuff happening. And our understanding of the world is really kind of, you know, something that can inspire a lot of wonder, especially from like a Christian perspective, just to think about like how God designed the world we live in. It's easy to distract ourselves with kind of like, honestly, stories that don't really have any consequence. But uh, uh, this summer and in recent weeks, there's been a lot of development on a concept that up to now has been entirely theoretical. And they're called, it sounds like, Derek, I know you're a Marvel guy. Uh, Uh This sounds like something out of Loki. They've developed actual functioning time crystals. Derek, does that not sound like something that would be in a in a in like a subplot of a Marvel movie? What? I mean, I'm I'm just trying to figure out can what I go back that? in time to when I tried to ask out uh, Shatasha and she turned me down. So Shatasha turned yeah, you down. Yeah, so. What is a time crystal? I don't even know what so, this is. So uh, for a while ago, uh, physicists had theorized that there could be this sort of theoretical state of matter, like an entirely new state of matter. Um, and one that if we could actually make it function would up end our total understanding of traditional physics. What we, the second law of thermodynamics, which is enthropy, which is basically everything will uh, go back to a state of like equilibrium. Like if I left a piece of ice on the counter, eventually it's going to melt and turn to water, right? Mm. If I left a really hot thing out, it's eventually going to get to a normal state. If I push a ball down the road, it's eventually going to stop rolling, right? It's it's sort of Mm -hmm. this idea of enthropy. Uh, It also means that any sort of perpetual motion is impossible, that things have to move because energy is applied. Well, uh, our recent modern breakthroughs in physics have allowed, and this is so crazy, and this is, I'm like, why isn't this leading everything? Why are we yelling at each other about, like, mask laws in some <laughs> random county I'm never going to visit? Why is that, like, what everyone's getting fired up about, about what some rando in Target freaked out about in the dressing right. room instead of, oh my my gosh, our understanding of reality is flawed. So what scientists were able to do was to apply what a theoretical physicist uh, had sort of proposed a decade ago. But now, thanks to a a handful, the culmination of a lot of different innovations, including Google's quantum computer and the ability for us to capture protons, they can actually capture particles and make them spin in different ways. And if they shoot them with a laser, basically because of their quantum properties, and how are they are sort of uh, entangled with each other in ways that we fully don't fully understand. They can make these particles stay in motion and stay in a predictable pattern of motion. And, and, and in order to do it, one of the scientists actually had to lock them inside of a diamond because of the particle configuration of the diamond. But they can make the particles stay in a state of perpetual, predictable motion for infinity without acting on it with any outside energy. So the idea of perpetual motion is 
is achievable. And that means that our whole understanding of the laws of thermodynamics are not totally irrelevant, but they've been upended by this one discovery and this one invention. Uh, now, and you look at sort of what's happening in the realm of, of quantum computers and the things that they're able to do and to capture, uh, it really is upending our complete understanding of how the universe works. So much so that a scientist has literally captured particles moving in a perpetual predictable motion inside of a diamond something that up to now was thought to be literally impossible in the entire universe but this is buried we've no one no one cares like it's like hey i invented something everyone thought was impossible and no one's gonna care because we're all focused on the bad stuff so i'm sorry but my my public school brain didn't catch like 75 percent of it but what I did catch is that something significant is happening in physics, and we over here arguing about Wachahoochee, Alabama, and what happened in the Walmart over there. Is that, is that pretty much what's happening? Exactly. That I think that if people took time to really dig into some of the innovations that are happening, not just in the world of physics, I mean, in Iceland... You know, they unveiled in the last couple of weeks a facility that pulls carbon out of the air, recycles it, and puts it back into the ground as something that will actually make the ground uh, more fertile. I mean, it, it's a literal wow. invention wow. that could offer a long-term solution for pulling carbon out of the air. and, and That's very titillating undo- information that you just shared. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and undoing some of the effects mm-hmm. of climate change. But mm-hmm. I think we're looking, you know, when I was reading this, these stories, I'm like, man, this is so interesting and cool, and I feel pretty good about about reading it. I don't feel bad. I'm not doom scrolling. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this is this is awesome. Time crystals and carbon facility and facilities that pull carbon out of the air and, you know, quantum computers that can make literally any uh, anything that we used to think impossible possible, um, you know, is, is happening right now. And we live in a really exciting time. So what I've been thinking is that we need to take more time to read about weird, cool, awesome stuff and not just watching videos of people fist fighting outside of a Wawa bathroom because uh, a mom, you know, put a mask on her five-year-old when they went in there. Do you know what I'm I saying? Mean, like, you, but you I, know, I, you I, can't trust those those guys doing that stuff. You know, they're the they have the market of beast, and Bill Gates is going to eat your children and all that stuff. So you gotta, you know, you can't you can't pay attention to any of that. That it's not science. That's the devil's work. So. I've, I did forget to mention there are microchips that they're injecting in everyone's foreheads. And that Bill Gates, <laughs> Yo, he's got a big meme. Yeah. Did y'all see the meme I posted with Bill Gates? Yes, he, yes. He, says, he says, in retrospect, hiding all the microchips at Horace D. Wormer was a stroke of genius. <laughs> no, but, but, but I think I think what this kind of illuminates to me, like, obviously, like, you know, seemingly impossible time crystals and all this stuff. Like, it's really interesting, but it's also like, I, I don't Maybe this is just my experience with people in my life, but a lot of times when I talk to fellow Christians, I am, I always kind of, not always, but a lot of times I leave the conversation kind of bummed out. Like, man, they seem pretty worked up about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whatever, someone's like in my church or it's like a friend who's, who shares my same religious beliefs, I'm like, I shouldn't be leaving every conversation feeling scared yeah, and nervous yeah. and anxious. Like there's no hope, right? Like it always seems like this doom and gloom, like, Oh, it's, it's bad times. It's the end. You know, we got to hold yeah. the line, hold steady. And it's like, oh, you know, that doesn't seem like good news to me. That doesn't, you know, like, 
But then you unpack what a lot of individuals who may have no affiliation with any sort of faith are doing that actually gives you hope. I really do think it kind of challenges us to think about how we're positioning the good news, you know, because there is good news out there, but Christians in particular seem to be really fixated, be really fixated on the bad stuff. I always, I've always said Christians are the easiest to manipulate in my opinion, as I've seen, just because you just have to twist something morally and they're already in a state of war where it's like, you know, that you preach to every day that you're in a constant war but we think of it of in, in a very yeah. carnal, very negative way, not a war with ourselves to understand ourselves, not in a in a in a negative way, but in a yeah, in a in a good way. So I think that man it's in a bad shape right now, but it's all good though. We got some good things happening in the world right now. So and, and that's the focus I, on the positive. I feel like, let, yeah, as Christians, you know, not to be preachy, but when people talk to us, let's not be the people that everyone leaves the conversation all bummed out and angry after. Let's be the people who be like, oh, there's cool stuff happening in the world. Oh, that's, you know, I feel excited to be alive in creation right now. There's, yeah. there's exciting things happening in the world. And I have an exciting opportunity for you to make more money for your family. <laughs> And, and listen, your financial woes are over, my friend, uh, after you bail me out of the hole, because seriously, the city check, is at my check, door Check right your now. Venmo, Jesse. Check your Y'all Venmo. Y'all are definitely going to get people sending you messages telling you their success stories. Yeah. Check your oh, Venmo. Oh, goodness Good. gracious. All well, right. Hey, well, that'll do I'm, it I'm, for I'm in, Jesse. <laughs> that'll do it for Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. What's Jesse thinking? Oh. Okay, big news, everybody. Uh, before we wrap the show, we are bringing it back, the editorial question of the week. Uh, we were doing it. We did it for like stinking 15 years. And I don't know why a year ago we stopped doing our question of the week. It's when the question we ask you, you give us your replies. We tell you our favorites on next week's show. We're actually taking it broader. We're going to be throwing this on Twitter polls and in, uh, Instagram story polls and all that other stuff, too. So here's this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Man, I haven't heard that in a couple years. Uh, bring it back. All right. Here's the question. What is the worst or cheesiest Christian movie you've ever seen and why? Oh. Tell us the plot. Tell us why it was so cheesy. We want to know. We, we will compile a list of the worst all-time Christian movies based on your oh. feedback. Real quick, I saw Jamie's face light up when you answered this question, and something no, it seemed nervous. like I could see a thought entering into her head. Jamie, it do you want to see this? It makes me nervous because I have friends that are in Christian movies, and I cannot participate in. <laughs> can, uh, can I? Can I? All right, let me see this off real quick because yeah. Jamie, you can. I got you some too, but I will cook them to their face. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Come on, Jamie. They, that's a difference. Listen, I, I have I have friends in Christian movies. I have friends in Christian movies too, and I've talked to them like you know just as and they know they know <laughs> they're not gonna say anything <laughs> they know. that they aren't like yeah dude we just made that up that's that's never <laughs> happened in a courtroom like no one there there is no scenario like the whole plot of god the ladies god's not dead movie it's never happened anywhere like it's like well yeah it'd be pretty outrageous if they're just arresting christian parents for teaching the bible in their home but that's not happening but it's, it's cool you made a movie about it but jamie come on what, what is one because i know you got one i saw your no, face tweet <laughs> I actually don't know if I've seen a lot because I also hate to say that I, well, I don't think, I don't hate to say this. I just don't watch a lot of Christian movies because they're, they're so cheesy. Good. 
<laughs> right. So hit us up at uh, on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us uh, the the worst cheesiest Christmas movie you've ever seen and why. Tell us about it. Don't let hit me down, Ben Stroop. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and also keep an eye out if you follow Relevant on Instagram. Uh, we'll we'll post a poll there or the survey there and then uh, we'll be tweeting it out as well. So, all right. So we will tell you our favorite replies on next week's show. Well, many thanks to director and producer Ted Milfi for joining us. Make sure to check out his new film, The Starling, which is starring uh, Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd. It's out this week. Don't want to miss it. Also, make sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com to check out the newest issue of the magazine. The fall digital issue is out now. We've got some incredible conversations with Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Hudson, Hillsong Young and Free, Andy Minio, Dr. Francis Collins. Um, the list goes on and on. Levi Lesko. There's so many people on the issue. Go check it out now. And many thanks to UHSM for their support. Also, don't miss a thing. Make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's new and all the content we're putting out every day. Um, you can submit questions to the cast. You can answer our question of the week. Uh, we have a lot of fun things in motion over on the relevant socials. Go check it out. And if you're not really a social media person, but you want to stay in the loop of what we have coming out, uh, right there on the relevant homepage, you can sign up for our daily newsletter, bringing you the top five trending stories at relevant every morning. Uh, it's one way to make sure you don't miss a thing. Also, there's a new season of our daily deeper walk um, daily devotionals that has just kicked off. It's presented by Lumo. You can go over to the faith section at Relevant and sign up for Deeper Walk. You can read it there on the site or you can get a Deeper Walk sent to your inbox every morning, every weekday morning. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you all on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I'm slowly going colorblind in one eye. Relevant Podcast Network. Have you heard? More than half of podcast listeners think podcast advertising is the best place for brands to reach them. At Acast, we ensure your brand message reaches the right people in the right podcast at the right time. As our advertisers will tell you, with over 80,000 exclusive podcasts, we have both the scale and relevance to make your campaign fly. Hear podcasts, think Acast. Visit acast.com backslash advertising to start your campaign today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.